I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Hey, yo, who want to pull a fight for? Long time no hear from. Suckers walking around talking about they can get some with that pop is non-cypher. No can do. And if you think I'm a dope, then ask the other crew and I proceed to let you know exactly how to flow. I'm not a lawn doctor, so stuck with the hoe. Oops, my mistake. I didn't know you went with her. Should I run down the line of all the kids that done hit her? Don't be bitter. I heard that honey resembles a critter. I heard she liked the two-in-one like my man John Ritter. Hey, welcome to the Black Guy Tips podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. Saturday morning feedback time, everyone. Mm-hmm. Aren't you happy to be here and do some feedback with us? I am. Of course you guys are. Of course. Uh, shout out to all the people listening live, of course. Um, so basically this show is brought to you by the fans. Um, the people who um, send us stuff, want to hear our opinions on what we already said, mm-hmm. want to add jokes, add whatever. This is the best way to do it. It is. It's for people that have sent in five-star reviews on iTunes and Stitcher that we like. We yep. read those. We sure will. It's for people that um, email the show, theblackoutists at gmail.com. People that donate to the show, uh, whether it's one-time or recurring. People that leave comments on the on the episodes that we put on theblackouttips.com. Mm-hmm. You can always leave a comment there. There's polls on each episode. You can vote in the polls. Let's get started because uh, it's going to be a long day today. We got to do a nerd off at three. So Okay. Might as well uh, pop this off with uh, the people who donated to the show. Everybody knows those are our favorite people. Yes. I dedicate this song to recession, depression, and unemployment. This song's for you. Today's a new day. That's right. Today is a day that you decided to donate to our show, and we want to give you crops. Shout out to Tabitha M. Thank you very much. We appreciate your recurring donation. Thank you, Tabitha. Official recurring first-time donator of the show, our man Conrad. Yes, he, he got a lot of new uh, people in new members class now to join him. Mm-hmm. They're going to graduate. He's still going to be there. Uh, the Tickler, a.k.a. Corey, recurring donator. Thank you, Corey. We see you, player. Don't we be, do. Don't, don't be tickling nobody here at the congregation, all right? No, no, no. Not in the congregation. Now, outside, do what you want to. Keep your hands to yourself. Uh, Alex H. Uh, Alex, I mean, Alexis H. I'm sorry. Yeah, Alexis new, H. That might be new. Yeah, that's new. I think Alexis H. is going to have to go to the new members class. Yeah, with Conrad and the rest of them. Mm-hmm. You and Conrad can hang out. Uh, Zabel Designs Incorporated, thank you very much uh, for your recurring donation. I always feel very corporate when I say that. I know, right? And we're just letting y'all know all the decorations in here will buy them. You know, mm-hmm. thank you for your donations. They designed that stained glass with the black Jesus. Yes. Uh, German R, recurring donation. Jay Rich, thank you, Jay Rich. We appreciate you, bro. We do. Um, we got a one time donation from Manuel L. Never heard that one before. Yeah, he's the first one time donated. Just visiting, Karen. Okay, cool. Just coming out of town. Yeah, we, we thank you. We hope you have a safe trip back home, baby. Mm-hmm. Damien Jackson. Ooh, I, I am for real. Recurring donator, Damien Jackson. Thank you very much, Damien. We'll see you next week. Uh, Shirley Wong Esquire. Please say the Esquire. You better. And she's uh, the official lawyer. So if you slip and fall, that's the lady you go see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marlena A, recurring donator. Thank you, Marlena. Thank you, Marlena. Uh, we got a one-time donation from Julia 
c and she writes i go by jules so jules thank you very much donating so i can hear karen say thank you sweetie and her lovely voice <laughs> yes thank you sweetie mm-hmm. and she did uh send us a christmas card and everything so thank you Jules. yes well this isn't really a donation but i'm counting it um remember a couple weeks ago i told you that uh i bet ten dollars with keith malley uh keith and the girl mm-hmm. that the ravens would beat the stillers <laughs> yes well he paid up oh so uh he put congrats is the message we're going to count this as a donation. Thank you so much to Keith. Yes. Keith and the girl. Thank you, Keith. And thank you to Joe Flacco and uh, <laughs> yeah, the rest the of the Ravens. Uh, our boy, Black Rob, that black-ass Rob, he, he donated to the show recurring. Thank you, Black Black Rob. Yeah, thank you, you black-ass. Thank you so much. Uh, Terrence B. hit us with the one-time donation. Thank you very much, Terrence. Yes, Terrence. We appreciate you visiting all, all the way from Michigan. We um, do. You know, I know it's rough up there. And cold. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, that's it for this week. So that's a lot of people. Thank you so much for your recurring donations, guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, your donations, one time, recurring, no matter the amount. Thank you so much to each and every one of y'all. Yes. Play me out. Shout out to the city. And also, I wanted to tell um, everybody out there, uh, thank you for letting us know that you you got our gifts because we had asked people to email us their address and we will uh, send them something special. People are receiving them and they're posting them and telling us thank you. So we are so glad that you guys are excited and you enjoy the gift we sent. Mm. Yep. Thank you so much, guys. We actually got uh, something from um, Olivia. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think she's film underscore esque. On Twitter, ESQ. Yes. And uh, she sent Karen a hat. No, she sent me a Panthers hat so I could root for Cam Newton. And then she sent Karen some coconut oil for her hair. But it didn't work like that. Yeah, we switched it. (laughs) Yes, we did. I'm not wearing Panthers gear. I'm not Panthers fan. And I love the hat. So Karen got the hat and I got the coconut oil for my beard. Mm -hmm. I still say worked out well. Oh, yeah, I was happy. In in fact, I didn't know. In fact, I took the hat. I don't even think I gave him a choice. Yeah, we didn't even really get to read the thing. Mm-mm, I opened it up and I was like, "Hey, I put this hat, mine." Um, so we got one new five star review from Canada, and only reason only reason I realized is because I accidentally left it on Canada. But uh, Bamil seventy three, a great podcast, five stars. I have several complaints about this podcast that have never been addressed. One. There is an irresponsible amount of hilarity dispensed each episode resulted in barely concealed outbursts of laughter and strange looks from other commuters on the train. 
<laughs> two an unreasonable amount of critical thinking is dispensed forcing one to actually think about serious issues of the day three forays into ratchetry like the recently introduced ball alert segment <laughs> which sometimes features articles which make it difficult to stand up and get that document from the printer unless one thinks hard about baseball first <laughs> so to recap do not listen to this podcast if you loathe the laughing if you hate critical thinking if it is imperative that you avoid this then it is imperative that you avoid this husband and wife team at all costs thank you Bamil, man we appreciate that yes thank you and i hope i pronounced the name right uh let me switch back to the united states real quick and just take a second to look this up thank you and uh they were saying some of the stuff that your mom was saying because you know your mom stepped the game up you know uh, your dad got her uh, a tablet so mm. on her tablet she listened to podcasts through her tablet and so some of our favorite podcasts and things like that she actually listened to and i'm gonna tell y'all this it is so wonderful when you talk to somebody and they're like learning you know or, or navigating through the podcast process and, you know, she, you know, listen to things at her own pace and things like that. But then when she starts talking about these podcasts, I get excited because I'm like, I have somebody in real life. I'm not, you know, I don't know that might sound silly, but, you know, in real life, it's actually here that we can talk about what Brandon and Deidre and Mike and Twine and them said. We can talk about the stuff that we talked about. Like, we can talk about that stuff. And that stuff means uh, a lot to me. So, so shout out to your mom for stepping her game up, man, because like i said that really means a lot and she was talking about us and it's funny though because i guess it's different once somebody tells you this in real life but she was saying how her co-workers look at her all crazy how she busts out laughing at work <laughs> and how her day go by faster now and how she just talk about the various different things you know that a lot of the favorite our favorite podcasters talk about and and it's just cool to talk to somebody like somebody you can like reach out and touch uh that you can joke about the things that we talked about yeah i really do think that uh honestly podcasts make your day at work better if you had the kind of job That's what she said. that allows for it you know um it was definitely something that got me through work and knowing that we could provide that to people you know so i never worry about if the show went too long or not i mm-hmm. worry about if the show is entertaining or not you know right. sometimes i you know i'll finish something and be like oh my god we talked that long but if it all flew by and it was fun when we were doing it, then I hopefully it makes people's job fun and fly by while they're doing it. I think it and does. And we get, you know, constant let, people let us know on Twitter and social media and stuff mm-hmm. that they love it. So, yeah, it's dope, man. Here, here's uh, the rest of the five-star reviews. These are from America. Um, Azul Manzana says, podcast HMFICs. I guess head motherfuckers in charge. <laughs> Y'all are the best. Karen sonorous and forceful voice speaks to me. Oh, I reckon Rod you. is okay too. Ha ha ha. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Azul Manzana. Uh, added to the catalog, JJ Real Music says, I heard about that show listening to Bomani Jones podcast and haven't looked back. This podcast holds a space next to stuff you should know, his and hers, the evening Jones and the brilliant idiots. I see you, Rob. <laughs> um, smart, funny, ratchet and political by Black Palette. B, that's two A's in black. Um, have you ever met someone that has many of the same opinions that you have, but can articulate them much more clearly than with humor and well thought out points? Well, that is TBGWT for me. Karen and Rod discuss a large range of topics from music and pop culture to the current big issues in politics, just as an opener, then round out the show with incredible news and weird type stories, a game called guess the race. Yes, it's worse than you think, but in a good way. And, (laughs) 
the lesser known scourge of america today sword ratchetness this amazing couple by far has the best comedy slash political podcast out there no shade to other podcasters i'd give 10 stars if itunes allowed it thank you so much black pilot yes thank you um bixby says great show five stars i love this show it's the first podcast that i actively listen to where i feel like i'm a part of a family as a southerner living in maryland it feels refreshing to hear karen's quote-unquote accent which is everything to paraphrase her i love the passion she has for the topics and you guys discuss uh that you guys discuss and i love how we cape up for our first lady this podcast is and its premium content are worth every penny i recommend everyone go premium in 2015 everybody go premium man we'll fucking quit our job i want karen won't have to work shit right here on these streets now i don't know what i have to worry shit we be doing the expansion with shit we will be bringing y'all all all types of shit be eight hour shows right justin they'd be like the black out who tips network next on bet right (laughs) fuck that (laughs) y'all be seeing us niggas everywhere justin is hilarious especially when he's talking reckless and light-skinned on balls d sports and rogers lets him get it out of his system lol I also enjoy the spoiled movie reviews. This podcast means so much to me right now in my life. Thank you guys for all the hard work, Christopher Kirk. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. We appreciate you for, look, man, we wouldn't be able to do any of this without people listening, spreading the word, Correct. and uh, coming premium, leaving reviews. All, all this stuff helps us out tremendously. Um, so it's like, it's like a symbiotic system, man. Yes, it is. And no matter how big or how small your donations, and even if you cannot donate, you talking to your coworkers, you talking to your family, you pushing, you promoting, you donating your account, leaving iTunes and Stitch reviews, that stuff matters too. Awesome podcast, five stars by Eric the Artist. I found this podcast or listened to Bomani Jones' recommendation. Best decision I made in a while. Rod and Karen are great listens and always seem to hit hot and controversial topics. My favorite episode was the one where they reviewed the cartoon series Black Dynamite soundtracks. That episode was LOL funny. Uh, oh, laugh out loud funny. Keep up the great work. Five stars. Thank you, Eric the Artist. We appreciate you. We do. Well, that's the Eric the Artist from my JL show. Mm. I love Rod. I love you, Rod and Karen from Cherry Cherry. I first heard of you folks when I heard Elon throwing shade at you, LOL, and seeing you are on a black show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Elon I, don't, Elon, I doubt he was throwing shade. He no. probably was saying something about how we lack all fucks or something like that. Right. But you know what? It's 2015, and he joined the Lack All Fucks Club, so uh, I feel like I was just ahead of my time. Yeah, you hear his new intro now? Yeah. It lacks all fucks. It lacks all fucks. Right. Uh, I love Karen's accent. I wish mine was as deep as hers. Your show <laughs> has brought into a, a lot into perspective for me about a lot of topics, Obama being one, and has also given me hope when I had none. When you guys ran about crappy employment. Peace, Kiki. Thank you, Kiki. Thank you, Kiki. And lastly, from iTunes, we have Jen3235 that says, like good home cooking, five stars. Kudos to Rod and Karen. Thank you so much, everybody. Oh, thank you. For those of you that's listening going, well, how do I leave a five-star review on iTunes? Go to any Apple device, log into your iTunes account, and type in the Black Eye Who Tips. Up in the left-hand corner, it'll have five stars. Just leave us five stars and write a review, and we will read it as long as we like it. If we don't like it, that shit won't get read. I don't care if you leave 3,000 stars. Mm-hmm. I appreciate y'all. Plus, we also got, uh, I believe, two or three, three mm-hmm. on Stitcher uh z960849 says five stars awesome show if you want to hear what the black guy gal on the street perspective on current topics listen to this 
tyrannical t says five stars episode 859 great show thank you thank you thank you tbgwt is the main reason i've listened to over 982 hours on stitcher and i appreciate how you have been a positive voice for your listeners karen thank you and the sweet voice for thank you and your sweet voice for keeping rod on his grind rod (laughs) thank you for putting the trolls in their place and dropping golden nuggets of insight i don't regularly find in the mainstream media at the 12 minute mark chang wang had me rolling and at 34 minute mark is the truth stay true to hip-hop i mean straight true to yourself and keep it 100 we will keep I'm about it 100. Say stay true to hip-hop i will stay true to hip-hop as well but yes keep it 100 as always yep 100 um and uh you know i was looking at our stitcher stats today mm-hmm. you know we have over 13 million minutes listened on there Woo-hoo! 13 million a million anything is a lot <laughs> 13 million yeah we a lot a lot of a lot of people listen to us through uh stitcher because the thing about the stitcher platform is that it works on all devices you can use your computer your phone your tablet you can use android ios so it crosses across all boards and and the thing about it is that i know a lot of people uh talk about like um stitcher and the, the quality of the sound i don't have a problem with the quality of the sound of stitches i love stitcher stitcher is convenient i can download I my shit that. yeah i can download my shit i you know I, I don't have to stream like i think uh and uh you know the the what bezel the bezel whatever that company bought them and stitcher is eventually going into no, that wasn't what I forget who bought them, but it wasn't Bevel. Bevel's are no, no, not bezel. It's, it's D E something. It's not with a D. With whoever bought them. Okay, go ahead. And um. Oh, they're getting ready to, you know, go into vehicles and things like that. So, you know, Stitcher is is growing, and uh, to me, I, I Deezer, Deezer, there you go. Yeah, Stitcher is growing. I love Stitcher. I have over almost two thousand hours that of, of myself that I've listened to Stitcher. Yeah, I listen to I, Stitcher I'm just, I, Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just saying that's a lot of people, people that listen. That's like, a lot. We thirteen thank, million minutes. That's we, so many people. We thank every single one of you people out there for listening for liking for posting on facebook posting on twitter like you guys better realize you doing that on stitcher helps us go higher in their rankings and it help more people find us you know they have this algorithm that links up and stuff like that so that stuff matters because i know people go well i listen to stitcher but i don't have the money to do this and do that honey keep doing what y'all doing because the numbers show thank you guys yeah that's crazy um so what was i okay so um Oh, and the last one was Big Fan 1, five stars. Top notch, great chemistry between the husband and wife team. They discuss a variety of topics while offering a comedic blend of entertainment and news. Boom. Yes, all y'all's reviews was helpful. Click yes, yes. on all those. Yeah, we're going we gonna to like them. And for those of you that's listening going, what is Stitch? I don't know what Stitch is and all that stuff. You can, uh, most of any, um, app store, you can find Stitcher. And once you, uh, find Stitcher, download it and you can listen to us. But if you want to leave us a five star review, actually go to stitcher.com and type in the black owl tips and leave us a five star review. If you have an iOS device, it allows you to leave them per episode, but we don't actually see them on our page. Yeah, I hit them Steve Harvey eyes. I hit them Steve Harvey eyes when I looked at that 13 million because I don't normally look at the stats. Oh, no, on the side, that, me. For either. that perspective, I always, you know, I always, you know, I'll just keep my nose down, keep working, try to do as yeah, good we as, just grind, the best thing y'all. we can do. And then every once in a while, you just go, what the fuck? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like last week, our number one episode was Nancy Grace versus Two Chains. 
yeah like that was our number one episode so far and i'm sure those numbers aren't even fi- finished calculating and before that like the serial killer episode was number one so yeah a lot of people want to hear what we had to say about that look man i can't don't be mad at me because i was right he did it <laughs> wait till that dna come back i'm party man he's gonna come back inconclusive i already know but if that shit come back with his dna on it mm, don't listen that day <laughs> you gonna have something to say i'm gonna talk all the shit all these people hit me up arguing because my opinion anyway um <laughs> we had some comments on the web on the website the blackout tips it's easy to do you just go to the blackout com and it'll ask you know on the right hand side you want to log in or sign up you can do that sign up with a username um and you can uh leave comments it's very easy and you i think you can also leave comments as anonymous as well uh it's just like a leave a comment on the side of each post it's on the left side um 862 same cookie marriage it was the feedback show mm-hmm. um very long feedback show you guys had so much to say Everybody i don't think it was catching up for christmas and new year's yeah i doubt this one will be that long um uh the poll because i couldn't think of shit we talked about during the show was pepsi or coke <laughs> pepsi or coke and of course coke won as it should 66.66667 percent to po- so basically two-thirds of our audience knows that coke is better than pepsi i can drink them both coke now now one thing about coke especially if you haven't had coke in a long time coke keeps chewing your nose like i was saying but like, god damn it i can smell uh, pepsi is really sweet yeah i mean but let's be honest you say you can drink them both uh you've never bought pepsi for this house ever no because so. you drink coke right but you never even bought it for yourself so i mean it's, it's obvious the right answer <laughs> um the next episode we had quite a few comments it was 863 i am not charlie hebdo trying to get more french on it charlie hebdo uh charlie hebdo better than me um charlie you gotta say it like that charlie hebdo (laughs) (laughs) then you gotta twist your mustache um anyway french i know only the only on do toi that's about as far as my french going i took french in school well we had a bunch of um, comments on this episode let's see what people had to say love lasting said i don't stand with this dude or the paper they are the same people that thought it was a good idea to depict the 200 plus nigerian kidnapped girls by boko haram a terrorist organization in nigeria as welfare queens not to mention the one you've already noted in this episode man fuck this dude that's what i would have said uh, had I seen these drawings as millions of people had when they were published. But I just don't really give a fuck. He was asking for controversy. He was being a rebel in a hostile environment. Sometimes that causes negative results given past events or one would assume he was aware of how negative those results would be. Um, I don't know if Charlie Abdul was an actual dude or not. I think it's just the name of the company or I the th- paper. It is the name of the paper, right? It's it's not yeah. a person. It's nobody named Charlie Abdul, is it? I don't think so. But I don't know either. But I, maybe okay, it is. May, maybe he's the founder of the company. But I just thought that was the name of the company was Charlie Abdul, mm-hmm. and the people just work for the company. Yeah. Uh, Tunde says, "Oh, one, I saw Selma last night, and I also took issue with artistic license." Before seeing the show, I heard that it was historically inaccurate. I particularly didn't like when John Lewis and George Wallace having their sword fight on the Udman Pettus Bridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A lot of stuff Ava did in that movie I couldn't agree with. 
uh number two i don't stand with charlie Hebdo, and my and i'm personally tired of hearing about all of this the bias of the media reporting bothers me two thousand nigerians killed in minimal coverage but i can't get be too surprised because hashtag all lives matter right that's genocide but like the naacp bombing media reports what they want to yeah and then you know evidence by a couple of days later when they throw a guy in jail because he made um uh, comments that said he identified with uh the the magazine people and the terrorists well he said i am charlay uh whatever that that terrorist's last name was and uh they put him in jail mm-hmm. so much for freedom of speech oh. not to mention not our country and by the way his case is actual freedom of speech you put someone in jail for having an opinion he didn't yeah. threaten anyone he mm-hmm. didn't break any law he, nope like that's an actual freedom of speech violation but no one gives a fuck about that guy because eh, doesn't fit their agenda which is anti-muslim and that's really what the agenda is is how can we be anti-islam and uh you're not fooling anybody by standing behind these people you know and and, and that's not that i agree with with fucking terrorism but don't don't try to you don't have to lie to to get support against terrorism Mm -mm. but you but you clearly have to lie to get support against islam as a religion and muslim people and brown people period yes yeah jim says after i got my graduate degree i vowed to never be a student again 11 years of higher education seemed more than enough but mr president may have made a liar out of me if i could get two free years at a community college i would strongly consider taking advantage of that you ain't the only one i I look like hmm, i'm gonna go ahead and go ahead and take some of these classes and and uh and uh learn some more technical shit so i can do some technical stuff i just want to learn how to um photoshop i'm not good with it and i want to join all the people on twitter to have fun with it uh, this could be I guarantee you they got a class for that this could be huge for so many people and a real step in the right direction for improving access to higher education for the average american between this proposal cuba and immigration president obama's uh has president obama has officially told the naysayers to kiss his black ass and i'm here for it yo that ain't all we gotta cover it i'm probably tomorrow or something but um eric holder and them just did away with that illegal search and seizure shit where you can just take somebody's car even though a crime ain't been committed right and and then you don't have to get that shit back love them that's some bullshit because they will actually follow people and shit and just take their shit and charge them mm-hmm. and then i have to return it and they just hold on to their shit yeah we'll get into it tomorrow but i just want to like cook fried chicken for barack and michelle and eric holder cook some croaker and mm-hmm. some whiting get get Bread them all. it up real good make some slaw right and just play like just eat and, and watch the game and hang mm-hmm. out with them pinto bees Kyle, Kyle says Kendrick Lamar's comments didn't really make me mad. Oh, we talked about Kendrick who said, uh, who kind of said some stupid ass with respectability politics shit. Not even kind of, he did, um, uh, about how that would, um, black people need to respect and love ourselves and, and, and shit. And while he did say the Mike Brown situation should have never happened and all this shit, um, it was just very, at, at best, uninformed, at best. And at worst, um, malicious. So it's really, I don't think there's any way to defend his comments. I think there's a way to kind of, you know, have some empathy for him. But, you know, that's up to you individually if you want to have that or not. And I'm still going to list it out. Kendrick Lamar's comments didn't really make me mad, but it always kind of sad to see a black person believes in respectability politics. Uh, that's true too. I don't really get mad. 
at everybody that believes in respectability politics because life will teach certain people that mm-hmm. and i think if you don't look any deeper than that that's what you believe so for example a guy like uh kendrick lamar who was born into a gang-ridden impoverished situation who kind of was the square peg in the circle in the you know the circle hole or whatever and he mm-hmm. kind of didn't fit in and he ended up getting out through rap and through whatnot he might really have embraced some level of black exceptionalism or some level of I'm I'm different from the other people in this situation and if they just all did like me, he may have grasped that. I don't know. Um not to mention it gets drilled down from church, from other from your family, from you know, like that respectability shit is institutionalized as much as racism is in America where yes, it is. And, and the sad thing is like half the people peddling it are other black people. So a lot of people fall into that pitfall. That being said, I don't think there's any excuse for the shit because it's 2014, man, 2015. Like, you just got to know better. You got to look around and see what, what, what does, why can't you achieve and your pants be sagging? Why, you know, that the truth. I don't understand why you got to have this, you know, either or situation when it comes to black. I know being black is a high wire act, but I don't think it should, I don't think we need that kind of extra shit weighing us down, honestly. Right. Uh, he said, the shit reminds me of women who try to rationalize sexism. Yeah, yeah, it does. In fact, I, I think some minorities engage in this type of thinking as some sort of defense mechanism. I think it helps some people feel like they have more control over their life than they really do. I agree. I agree, too. I think the same hap- thing happens with rape culture, too, where you see some women that go real hard on women. Like, well, what was she doing down there drinking with those boys anyway? I mean, what you think going to happen? I mean, she's a real hoe. And you like, she got gang raped. What the fuck are you talking about? Right. You know, well, well, these women just want Bill Cosby's money. Like, there's a lot of, I need to think that this couldn't happen to me. Right. So I need to come up with how it's the victim's fault in this. Now, that being said, he didn't flat out say Mike Brown's dead because his pants are sagging or nothing. But... He definitely pulled the false ultimatum of we need to care about the community before we can care about what the cops doing. It's like, no, we can care about both things. Mm-hmm. And people already do. So don't, don't pull that shit. Uh, I mean, Kanye respects himself more than anybody I know and racist shit still happens to him anyway. Can't wait to see the new Kendrick out for that new Kendrick album. Yeah, same here. Kate writes in, in regards to the baller alert piece, it is a piece. <laughs> Said it like it was official, like, mm. Remember the piece on Baller Alert? Yes. That elaborate piece. Mm. It was, it took, it was so a, sophisticated. It was an expose. Uh, <laughs> it is very important to make sure that you can tell your whole bag apart from your go bag. Oh, okay. You don't want to accidentally show up to at the zombie apocalypse with the wrong supplies, spare panties, and lube aren't going to help you kill a walker. No, it's not. Unless nope. you stab it in the eye or some shit. Now, unless now you want to like sex zombie or some shit. All right. Unless maybe if you want to like fuck some people that are stronger than you and then they can protect you for them, you know, maybe you can use it then. Uh, Mike says, thank you, thank you, thank you. I thought I was the only one to understand what freedom of speech actually means. 
i'm so sick of hearing people talk about their rights and have no idea what the fuck they're talking about mm-hmm. i bet if you ask people if the phrase separation of church and state is in the constitution almost all of them will say yes it is because americans don't actually know what their fucking rights are right it is a hard it is a horrible thing that the magazine was attacked and everyone can agree on that but the magazine just wanted to be the biggest asshole in the room they wanted to make the offensive jokes and then say it was just a joke they knew the reaction they would get from these cartoons. It's like if someone sticks their arm in a lion's cage and the lion rips it off. I have empathy that you lost an arm, but my question would be, what the fuck do you think was going to happen? I have the same question for the magazine. The building was bombed previously for cartoons they printed. If this was a case of purely satirical cartoons taken out of context, I might be able to back them, but this was all about pissing people off and about saying the most offensive thing. If this was an American magazine... I would agree that you have the right to say or print those things, but don't come crying to me when some other someone overreacts in response. I hate how they are now the symbol of freedom. They are assholes and they have the right to be assholes. That is all they are. I agree. I agree too. That's it. I mean, that's the nail on the head. I don't understand like why we're going to turn into some type, like they're some type of, and the thing is they're not some type of American martyr right like they don't even they don't even have the same um laws in their country or constitution they don't have the same Mm. stuff not to mention it's not a freedom of speech issue nope the government didn't lock them up for saying that shit no one stopped them nope they were able to say it and to be honest i don't think what they were saying or doing was that fucking brave i think it's more like what you said with the line sticking your arm in the lines then like you're not brave you're just fucking doing something dangerous like you know like you're just you're being offensive to and not to mention to me it's not about the people who said i'm going to kill this guy these guys and the terrorists what about just the millions of billions of muslims who are just offended by it like you just it's like you just poked a stick at their religion for no reason i'm not even saying with threats of violence anything just like when did that make you a hero I don't understand. You know what I mean? Like, okay, you made some jokes. The jokes aren't even that clever. I don't understand. Anyway, uh, we had a poll. Do you stand with Charlie, Charlie Abdul? Yes or no? And, uh, yes, 14%. No, 86%. Uh, Cabadonna left. God damn, this is a long post. All right. Cabadonna says, Karen, the queen, and that random Negro. Roger, is it? Okay, just a little levity, but on a serious note, can the church give an amen to Karen speaking the truth and shaming these white devils? Islamophobia is just good old-fashioned racism remix. Ignoring France's disgust, but often overlooked history of imperialism and racism in the tandem with the growth of its Muslim immigrants, Nuevo French for niggers and camel jockeys, is foolish, but par par for the course for white people. Sure, you can mock the Pope by making sir, uh, making serve a condom making him serve a condom as the communion wafer uh because nobody is threatening to blow up a chapel the way french nationalists regularly threaten to blow up mosques mark the pope a catholic kid from burgundy doesn't have to worry about being denied jobs housing a public assistant because of a uh the version of the uh of a the version of the abrahamic guy he prays to and b more importantly his ethnic features not so for Pierre Akbar living in southern French slums, slinging weed to college kids because he can get work at a legit nine to five. As for Bill Maher, 
I watch this show often, but fuck that dude. Not only are his arguments against religion so sophomoric, any first year grad could rip him a new one. He also uses his canard of all religion is stupid to cover his blatant xenophobia. For all his bluster about the evils of Christianity, he wouldn't group Al Sharpton and Stephen Colbert in with Pat Robinson, the Duck Dynasty clan, or the NAACP bomber. For all the self-hating Jew, for a self-hating Jew, he can differentiate between Zionist kooks who push Palestinians out there Palestinians out their homes and Herodes, I think I said that right, Herodes, um, who refuse to get jobs or teach their sons anything but Yiddish and the Torah and say Jerry Seinfeld and John Stewart. But he feels free to stay dumb, stay, to say dumb fuckboy shit about Islam. Even though as the host of a popular TV talk show, he could have real religious scholars discuss the topic. Well, I, at this point, I don't know if they would come on. Yeah, I wouldn't. Like, that's the thing I was thinking to myself was like, is it Bill Maher purposely goes, I'm going to book a, a panel of people that won't disagree with me? Or is it at this point, people that disagree with Bill Maher just know not to come on the show? Right, because it's a waste of their time. All right. I mean, at this point, I don't even think Ann Coulter's done this panel in a long time because mm-hmm. it's almost like, what would be the point? Correct. You know, and I think, and, and that's a person, and Ann Coulter's a person I don't respect. And I'm saying, her, even her dumbass is like, nah. Um, so he says, uh, is he, if he's going to talk about Islam, why isn't he talking to an actual, to actual experts on the matter like Reza Aslan or moderate Muslims in the mainstream like Keith Ellison? Hell, I would settle for Cornell West or Michael Eric Dyson. They're not Muslims and neither am I, by the way, but they're at least religious scholars who could art, actually debate his core audience of entitled rich white douchebags about a faith and world religion that they probably know little about. But then again, this is the same asshole who thinks giving the Obama campaign a million dollars gives him the right to make racist, tired, dolomite jokes about a Harvard-educated law professor. Bill Maher also wants to get in Kazi's ass, as we all should, and wants to talk feminism, but his jackass brags about using black women like disposable napkins. So yeah, give him all of Chill's dicks in his mouth. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny because he was making a point about diversity in Congress or something and then went on to make a joke about um, something about wanting to see hillary clinton and somebody naked or, or what would his guests fuck them or something just some stupid shit where you're just like eh, i, I guess man this this is just the best you're gonna be able to get i guess on this show sorry this is a long this is long as hell normally i don't swear and i try to be reasonable but seeing as i have many friends and family who are muslim including only three managers i've actually liked as people in my career and i can clearly see the parallels between this them crazy but muslims and that nigga deserved that bu- bullet this pissed me off to no end. Hope hope I didn't take up too much of your time. And now, back to working on these spreadsheets for this new client. Got to make that paper, bitches. Kappa. Thanks, Kappa. Thank you. Oh, and then they added this. By the way, uh, because I'm really tired uh, for making boxes straight in the Microsoft Visio editing PowerPoint, I think that Don Lemon is the world's greatest performance artist. This man's on air trolling of his guests is fine art, a magnum opus for assholes. Anyone who can ask a civil rights attorney, does he support a terrorist organization or how a woman doesn't duck a rapey comedian's dick like she's Neo in the Matrix is either brain, <laughs> is either brain damage or king of the fuckboys. Even Michael Steele called Lemon an asshole on Twitter. Sad to think that Don Lemon used to be a halfway decent journalist, but our, uh, Arsalan, if, if, if the car, uh, was smoother than expensive leather in that interview. Mo- most cats would have flipped that nigga off and possibly flipped over a table. Right. Or Boris said, nope, I don't stand with them. 
uh a lot of people forget that the monkey image of that minister of justice nah i, I didn't forget sorry bro uh i am apparently an islam apologist lay shrug says gam miss christopher says jayness was pa boko haram what about the two thousand those two thousand people that got shard in nigeria by boko haram though and they complain about 17 people 12 who were blanket jerks purposely offending people over innocent women and children get the fuck out of here shaking my head what happened to our girls though Oh, I think Boko Haram used, used some of them as suicide bombs. Them same Sambo African leaders marching in some damn free speech rally, but ain't say boo over some atrocious massacre that happened in their own continent by their own people. Sheesh. Talk about black on black crime shaking my head. This has been our militant black report live from 125th Street, Harlem. Hugs and kisses, Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Christopher. <laughs> um, we had another episode shh, the game is on uh we didn't get any comments on this one but um this is the episode where we had uh rita aka the nfl chick yes um, a lot of people interact with us on twitter said they enjoyed her yeah everybody on twitter loved it but uh not a lot of not a lot of comments what's going on with that uh and then the poll didn't have any comments so well, this will be a short episode atheist church bad idea good idea 81 and a quarter percent of people in our audience think it's a bad idea. And 18, about nine, about 19 percent of people think it's a good idea. Um, because Atheist Church was like an article we read about, you know, people trying to start to get together for atheism on Sundays and stuff. And I do think people miss the community mm-hmm. of church, especially if you were born and, you know, raised in church. Right. And then suddenly you're like, oh, actually, I'm an atheist. I don't want to go to church. They still want to hang out and have a community because it could be a good community meeting place. But, yeah, uh, people think it's a bad idea. Episode 865, A Piece of Cake. Well, we had Brandon Collins of the Comedy Outliers mm-hmm. talking about a bunch of stuff. That was fun. Kyle said we had a video about a pastor who uh, talked about punching a kid in the chest. Right. Kyle said that pastor turned into Liam Neeson on that kid. <laughs> what are you going to stop playing? When are you going to stop playing games with God? You know what? Sometimes you have to punch a kid in the chest. I'm sure Justin would agree that it builds character. Yeah, the audio for that clip was messed up, so I had to like edit some of it out. But you know, you get the point. Uh, how often do you bathe or shower? As Naya Rivera said, like maybe a couple times a week. Daily, every other day, a couple times a week, and a couple times a month. 77% of our audience bathes daily. 13% every other day. Now that by itself encapsulates about 90% of the audience. Okay? The rest of you nasty motherfuckers. <laughs> 6% say a couple times a week and 4% say a couple times a month. I guess they don't stink. I didn't go further than that because I honestly don't want to know. I don't mm, want to be more disgusted. Yeah, than like, I am. Do you wash your ass at all? Zero? Okay. Right. Uh, see, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Kid Afro 2 says, Kid 1 Afro 2 says, Washing every day is a white thing. That's why we are dirty black. <laughs> See, baby says, I'm sure when Naya Rivera made a statement, Lorenzo Del Ponte was somewhere else. See, I wasn't being racist. You actually can smell black people when they enter the room. It's oh, a good callback joke. See, baby. Um, and then the last episode was Nancy Grace versus Two Chains, um, where we talked with comedian Chris Lambert um, 
on the show. Um, and, uh, we talked to him about a bunch of stuff, comedian, uh, stand up and interviewing Fonte and black people in movies. And then we had a whole segment about checkers afterwards. Right. Tony says, listening to you guys talk about black people in movies and TV made the show a parenthood pop in mind. I don't watch it, but if it may be the only drama right now, that's about regular people and not heroes like doctors, lawyers, firemen, police, and actual superheroes. It would be refreshing to see a show like that with an all-black cast. Probably won't happen in my lifetime, but it would be cool. Yeah, I know a lot of uh, uh, I know some black people love that show. I know that's Nick Ju show, Brandon show. Like they really like that show. I've just never watched it. Who has the better burrito? I mean burrito, Cadoba, Chipotle, or I haven't had both, so I can't judge. Now this poll was a goddamn lie. Um, <laughs> people that haven't had both, so they can't judge. Fifty-two percent. So that's reasonable. Um, and then Chipotle got 31% and Godoba got 17 What I think happened was a lot of people voted Chipotle that haven't had Godoba. Yeah. Now, and I think that's, y'all fucking with my scientific method and I don't appreciate it. Okay. Godoba's delicious. Terrell says, the hell, to hell both of these restaurants are in every city. Why isn't, I haven't tried both so I can't judge winning this poll. poll. <laughs> right. Because people find theirs and they stick with it. Oh, like, yeah, you have local places and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, if we had a local place, that might change, but we don't really have, like, a the burrito joint in town. Or if it is, I've never tried it. It's Cadoba, and it's not close. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Hate to blow your bubbles. Don't stop writing me, Chipotle people. All right. Prince Laurent says, I don't eat Mexican food, but I am a change uh, of catering. To f- I'm in charge of catering the food of a weekly class. It takes place every Tuesday. Whenever I ask the group if they want Chipotle or Cadoba, they always say Cadoba. It is something about the queso that they like more. Yes, yeah, oh, the queso, queso is delicious in Chipotle. You put it over even... the edge. Right. Chipotle. Now, I'm, now listen, Chipotle bringing some queso, we might have to re- do a redo. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, they I would be. got no queso. I'm not, I'm not doing this out of brand loyalty is my mm-hmm. point. If they up the, the, the game and the queso wars and they get some kind of Diablo queso situation going on at Chipotle, mm-hmm. I'll hop ship like Don Lemon getting a job. In a heartbeat, yeah. My Lord ain't there. My Lord is to the queso. Mm Mm-hmm. Miss Crisable said, did my fat girl shuffle with Cadoba came to town. Chipotle way too hyped up. They the same folks who think Olive Garden is authentic Italian and be all up in Chipotle's booty hole. Matter of fact, was chowing down on a taco salad at Cadoba when I heard y'all talk about Cadoba. What? Mex Inception. Girl, yes. That steak taco salad. With that corn salsa? Yes. Hugs and kisses, Miss Crystal. Oh, by the way, I told you so, Rod, that hip-hop was turning into jazz. It wasn't going to die but fade in the back until a new young black musical genre springs forward, but you were straight obstinate in your wrong rightness and that hip-hop now and forever. I don't even remember that. <laughs> She's making shit up. And all of a sudden last week, talking about how hip-hop is fading with the rise of folk like Iggy Azalea. Oh, I need to do a vibe with me dancing and telling you I told you so. No, know what? Let me find the episode with you trying to argue me down before I set up my vine production. Yeah, you need to find that and re-remember what really happened. I'm doing some praise dancing at church now, too. Oh, the epic choreography. I'm at work. If these chillings don't bother me, I might have to call in and do my verbal duggy of righteousness. Well, don't waste your time because I don't remember saying that. Um... <laughs> Also, just because white people are taking it over don't mean that it's gone. 
it'll still be around it's just white people gonna own it right uh <laughs> the genre's still gonna be there yeah hip-hop forever um all right jazz is still around you know what i'm saying all right so uh let's get into the voicemails got a, quite a few okay this one is four and a half minutes we try to say keep them to three minutes or less guys uh 704-557-0186 is our voicemail line just keep it three minutes or less hopefully uh but i'll go ahead and play it and if it's boring or something we'll just stop it we will hey ronnie Karen, this is jada again um so i was one least some feedback about a serial uh i was like rod and i binge listen to it and, and what about and in two days time um and so actually i heard the show first and then went and listened to serial and then went back and re-listened to the show uh, and definitely agreed with um, basically all the points, yeah, that Ryan made about it. Uh, I am on the side more of that there were just too many coincidences that had to have happened in order for him to not have done it. I do feel like legally, though, um, he probably shouldn't have been convicted on what they did have on him, but... Uh, yeah, that might just be, you know, karma if, you know, he, you know, if he did it, which I'm inclined to believe that he did. Uh, but yeah, love your uh, review on Sierra. It was hilarious. Uh, also though, um, just wondering if you, I know you guys said you hadn't had a chance yet, but wondering if you by now have, uh, watched the movie Selma. Um, I actually just watched it this evening and, um, if you've seen it or I just kind of wanted to get you guys comments, but just a couple of things I feel like um, could really uh, be served to be, you know, uh, discussed on the podcast as far as um, the issue about, um, you know, voter rights. And really, if you've seen the movie, it struck me. I never thought about it this way, but uh, I feel like this movie came out a great time because, in the movie, they say, you know, well, the black, black people weren't able to register vote. And if you couldn't register vote, then you couldn't be on the jury. And so, of course, they had all these people who were um, killing black people. And then there were all white people who owned the jury, right? And so then they were being, you know, not convicted. Um, unfortunately, we still having, you know, black people getting murdered now and people not being convicted, but, um, definitely I didn't even think about it in that way. And so, uh, it just infuriates me, you know, now even more to no end of people who use this excuse of like that they don't vote because they think their vote doesn't count. And I didn't even think in that way. Well, you know, don't, and I know some people who specifically don't register votes so they don't have to do jury duty but yeah and that kind of i'm thinking well you know you're an idiot now because if you're don't look at it as an inconvenience because if you're not you know serving on the jury then it's more likely there'll be you know probably more non-minorities you know on the jury but then we complain about uh you know my you know more minority convictions or you know whatever crimes but we need more of our peers um in the jury box, you know, so just want to kind of, I think you guys have touched about, you know, not voting um, before, but that just, yeah, really struck a chord in me, and I feel like it should, you know, should be addressed. 
uh, possibly again. And also, too, just I feel that people are still thinking that, you know, racism doesn't exist just because they're not, quote-unquote, clubbing up you know, down in the streets. But, I mean, it's definitely, you know, still here in present. Um, some things that happened in the movie, I'm like, these are still things that are happening now. Uh, and they're even trying to do things, you know, now where to prevent more people from not voting once again. Um, but, yeah, but definitely if you guys haven't seen the movie, it's a really great um, production uh, to see. Definitely uh, worth your worth your money to go see. I'm hoping it will be nominated for some, you know, uh, for some awards. Um, but, again, guys, for the show, um, doing a great job as always, and um, looking forward to your feedback. Bye. Bye. And, uh, yeah, Bye. thank you uh, for the feedback. Yes. Um, and uh, we haven't seen Selma yet. No. So, uh, I don't, you know, I'm sure a lot of it's relevant. I've heard that a lot of it is. And maybe Oprah was right about, you know, the, having lessons in there for people that that can, people can use today that are organizing this stuff. Um, but I, I don't know because I haven't seen it yet. Um, I, I am planning on seeing it. I just haven't really taken the time yet. Yeah, me too. That's like I said, my one black crime movie of the year. That's it. Um, you get one out of me. Yeah, in the past it's been zero out the year though, Karen. So that's true. I, I bumped the number up. <laughs> All right, next. <laughs> oh wait, I gotta hit stop on this one. Make change the setup. All right, now next. Hello, Ron Karen. This is Stephen Richards. Hey, uh, I was giving you, I was giving you guys a call. I know I'm a little bit Johnny come lately. Late to the party, but listen, I had a couple of things I needed to say, okay? Hey, first of all, uh, you know, to all those haters that are, well, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spread love first. Uh, first of all, uh, you know, Rod, uh, very good job on, you know, uh, getting these people in line when they're talking about your wife. I understand that because I do the same thing and I respect you for it, okay? And I tell you what else, hey, Karen, Queen Karen, I tell you what, I tell you what, Karen, I love you, okay? You too. Hey, hold it down, okay? And don't, <laughs> let, don't let these haters, uh, you know, stop you from doing what you do. I know you're not going to because, you know, uh, you don't pay a damn uh, lick of attention to them, Mm-mm. and I'm glad you don't. Now, now to all these haters out here, I got a, I got a couple of things to say to you. You know, I'm going to take you to the woodshed, okay, on a Tuesday. And I beat your fucking ass to your Wednesday. Take you to the woodshed on a Tuesday. And I beat your damn ass to your Wednesday, okay? Hey, hey guys, no, this is uh, Stephen Richards. I was just calling to spread a little bit of love and tell these haters, hey, I got something for you. We're going to go out to that damn woodshed or something like that. If you want to, you better get your mind right when you're addressing uh, the TBGWT Nation and, and especially Queen Karen, who's the queen of the TBWT Nation and everything like that. Okay. Hey, guys, you have a good one. Thank you. Uh, thank, thank you, you so sweetie. much, Stephen Richards. Uh, did not know you uh, got, got crunk Take like this. Take to the shed on the Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, Beat your ass to your bullseye. Sound pretty violent to me. Um, Sound better than some of the rapping I've heard nowadays. Uh, Okay, uh, next voicemail. I'll play that. Hey, Rod and Karen. This is uh, Tara Hawk, New Jersey. Uh, I just caught up 
to listening about what's better, having a, an unemployed job or a bad job. And I didn't even give an example of what a bad job is. So I worked a really crummy job. It was actually for a valet service here in New Jersey. My fault, I'm on the train. Uh, just to give you an idea, uh, every week we got paid about $250. Uh, but we always got paid on the third week. Okay. Uh, our supervisors not only yelled at us in front of clients, but they Ooh. took, they stole tip money from us. You know, we all had oh. tip money in one jar, right. and then it was distributed among us. Uh, so they, they took money out of that jar that was put together, and then they would give us whatever was left. Uh, we used to work really uh, radical hours. We would, you know, on one day work a 14-hour shift. And on another day, you only go to work for like four hours straight. Mm. It was a really, really crummy job, you know. And uh, I have to admit that if it wasn't for a lot of support I have for my family, for my girlfriend, and even one of my friends helped me find a way better job, which I'm uh, still working at now, so I get paid reasonably, I would have to say that, uh, that I probably would feel really crummy. I might agree with you more when it comes to the idea of having a, a bad job now that I kind of go back and think about what it was like. Because uh, when I was unemployed, even though I wasn't worth money, making any money, I still kept most of my sanity. I got a lot of stuff down and it made applying the stuff easier. But when you're working a crummy job and, and you know they got you by the balls and you can't even leave because you don't got nothing back you up, I just see after maybe a year or two, I'm eating up at you. So, hey, guys, I love the show. Talk to y'all later. Oh, thanks, Tara Hawk. Thank you, sweetie. And yeah, man, that that bad job struggle is so real. Just yeah, eats away at your soul. Right. And, and a lot um, of times you don't even have the energy to do all this other shit that you have aspirations towards. And it's almost, and for some people, sometimes even if you realize they're not for a lot of people, you go into almost a form of depression um, because you get to the point where you're like, well, this is just the way it is. Even though you're not happy, even though this is not where you want to be, you just get into that rut place. And sometimes, like you said, it takes other people motivating you or the family members motivating you. Sometimes it takes something so dramatic to happen where you're like, fuck this shit. And you'll just do it on your own. But a lot of times it's hard because, like you say, when you're working radical hours, you don't, you, which means when these people are talking about, we'll come in and interview this time, come in and you don't have time to do it. You can't ever get around to it. You couldn't even schedule it if you wanted to because you're always tied up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it just, and it sucks the confidence out of you to even yes. make you interview or do well in interviews. It's, it's a lot. Right. And, and a lot of times, too, what people don't talk about, sometimes other people have to build you up where you actually get your confidence back to even qualify or go out and get these jobs. Yep. Last voicemail. Hey, Ryder and Karen. I hope this phone line is free. It feels like a phone sex line. It'll be eight to ninety-five an hour. Yes. So look, this is Tina. It's Monday, ten oh five. I'm getting stuff ready for school, and I hear this trigger warning BS from Don Lemon, who is constantly trying to put something in somebody's mouth. I don't like him. That's all I'm gonna say. Moving on. School. So you talked about higher education not being worth anything. Um, and athletes, that people think higher education is a place to crown the next athlete. I've had so many issues 
with students who feel that I should worship them because they play sports. I had this one kid, I hooked him up with a student, was like, hey, talk to her if you have issues. And, you know, basically, he was like, I'm trying to go pro. I really don't need this. So there is still this persistent view that it is just a stomping ground to richness or to be famous. And these kids have no idea that this is just step one, right? So if you think about this big movement of higher education uh, as a leveling ground, the potential that people can enter uh, for mobility, but it still doesn't matter if you go to the right schools, make the right networks. A lot of my kids don't realize you're going to college, you have a BA that's cute, but you'll be back at home. So, yeah, higher education is problematic, and it's mm-hmm. funny because our parents, I'm sure, as yours did, obviously, shouldn't make the right decisions, do certain things, and you'll get a good job. But many right. people with college degrees and a vast amount of debt are at home or struggling or mm-hmm. just existing, like we talked about last week, you're working this job. I remember after undergrad, working a job, going to the bathroom crying, okay? Right. Literally going to the bathroom crying because mm-hmm. I wasn't miserable. And, you know, all the sacrifice it took me to get to this point. And I'm going to be in debt. But the only difference is I will have a little more flexibility calling the shots. But let's also be clear with that. Even um, minorities who have higher education degrees, masters and above, postgraduate, we still go through it, too, because we have students that say, hey, um, where's your degree from? Do you know what you're talking about? You know, women... We are constantly, you know, looked at as being less than the tendency to say miss instead of professor or doctor. So, yeah, the higher education is off the chain. But one more thing. I went to HBCU, too. Go team, go team. I would love to hear you guys have a conversation about that because I know there is this complete disregard and disrespect for the HBCU experience. And let me tell you right now, my HBCU made me. All right, I'm sure I'll call you guys before the week is over. All right, bye. But I think, and that was Tina, Tina in Miami. Yeah, thank you, Tina. You sound just like Nick Jew, just just yeah, so you know. Y'all voice twins. Um, yes, y'all are. But uh, yeah, um, I just think that uh, as far as like the the HBCU part of it, I th- I know we've had conversations on here before. I know there was an episode where we talked about it. It's called like the white man's ice is colder. Mm-hmm. Um, where we actually had you know got into it with people uh, about somebody that was basically shitting on um just the idea that we would even have uh, um you know like that because i think he was a guy who got what did he get kicked out or he got in a fight or got picked on or something he was Mm -hmm. doing all this shit to try to be like this is uh you know this is why y'all you know hbcus are the worst you know and for me personally you know it brought brought up a big long discussion and i i try to avoid that discussion like the plague on twitter and stuff because it's normally filled with a lot of ignorance a lot of and by ignorance i mean people that don't know don't have both uh don't have both experiences anyway Mm -mm. um talk down on on black stuff because a lot of self-hate in there if something's black then therefore it cannot be better than anything right it's got to be the worst something's wrong with it it's it's inferior um so it's shit like that where i personally try to avoid the conversation because a lot of times i just end up getting mad and pissed off and you know and and you're talking to people that are just ignorant and foolish you know Mm -hmm. um 
and i don't like to get too much into the whole like well honestly this is why this experience can be it is better i would just say that i think it's different for different people and for me uh hbcu was a better choice if not um the best possible choice i could have made and i don't understand i can easily do the whole like case for why but i just don't feel like getting into it right now and eventually it'll come back up on the show again because it always does everything runs in cycles oh yeah somebody will say some stupid shit about hbcus and then we'll kind of have to get on here and remind motherfuckers that you know we're business owners who built something that is kind of cutting edge as far as um the idea and how we make our living and we went to an hbcu so the fuck are you talking about you know what i mean mm-hmm. like people, there's it's almost old hat at this point there's the well they let a lot of people in so wait secondary education should be elusive so now you're saying people shouldn't be able to get in. They shouldn't give you a chance. It's not like they keep you in if you do bad. Yeah, then you, you go bad. home. Right. You flunk like out. Like every other college in the world. When you flunk out, you don't make it. So they so they give people chances that typically PWIs wouldn't even give people a chance. And somehow that's used against them as why they're worse. Like I just, I've never even understood some of these arguments um, against HBCUs. The only thing that I really have seen firsthand um, and heard secondhand from other universities that seems like a legitimate issue is uh, the financial aid offices right. seem to all, and I don't know if it's still this way or not, but they seem to always be behind Across and slow. The board. And that is something that I think um, really is a hindrance to a lot of things that they do because people don't play about their money. And nope. you shouldn't, as a student, I should not be stressed about my money right. at any point it, that as long as I have grants, scholarship, whatever, I should never be sitting around waiting for money to clear. I should never have to pay you money and then get my money back right. uh, for shit like that. So that's the most um, frustrating thing that I remember dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely understand people feeling frustrated by it. Right. Because, man, it, it, it was times where they fuck your money up. you like, if y'all fuckers don't get this shit right, I'm going to take my black ass home for some shit that y'all fucked up. Y'all fucked this up. Like, it was a period of time where I had to take my black ass to financial aid almost every goddamn day with papers, with forms, with this, with tax information, with this, with that. And if you're not diligent enough to, to do that, you fuck around and won't get a degree or, 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 or shit won't be paid for. Or you paying out of pocket for shit that you really, really honestly cannot afford. Yeah. That was the only thing that I was like, I, that I experienced that stressed me out. Everything else is great. I think, um, and this, this is not just for the record. This is not to say people that don't go to HBCUs that are black are making mistakes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I honestly think black people could benefit majorly from our the experience i got in hbcu which is to see black people achieve to see black people that where there's no like special status given to you like nope like you're not the oh we there's like no one's ever gonna question if i was led into my university because of affirmative action right no one's ever gonna like my having my culture understood in a broad sense and never having to validate my presence or explain certain things, it really, um, it really did something. I think self-esteem-wise, like it instills like a certain level of like ownership. Like I belong here, um, 
and i think people need to understand that like if like i wish if there was a way to like put that in a pill and give it to all black people i wish i i wish we could give them that because uh i feel like a lot of the arguments against hbcus is even from black people matter of fact especially from black people can sound so ignorant and, and con- so self-hating and, and condescending and not it's bigger than the condescending though it's just this idea that black equals less right you know just like it's black therefore it's not good therefore it's inferior and it's like but you're black you know and and it's like to to say something like that it 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 just it may, i just feel so sorry for those people when you know when people say stuff like well how i mean if you go to this school then how you gonna learn to fit in with white people when you get a job it's like first of all you don't go to college to learn how to work at a job that's actually not what happens Mm-mm. like when you're in college it they still have you know uh hbcus actually have a higher placement rate for a lot of um careers and with a lot of um internship type programs because ta-da when you want to diversify your company which many companies have diversity initiatives they want to go to the source so it's like oh let's get involved with some of these hbcus you know it doesn't take much and that's a source where we don't have to vet you know we're not we specifically want to get black students boom let's go get some um but then more importantly um this idea like like the world isn't in america isn't generally white so from the time you're born you're learning constantly how to deal with white people in white america so it's not like if you go to college that will like you'll forget everything you learned about high school and and below and like it's it's like a reprieve almost it's like a four to five year reprieve where you just get to like on your own merits and with your own culture not feel inferior not feel other not feel different about it like that you know if if i'm listening to wu-tang or whatever i'm not having to hope hopefully find the cool white people that like wu-tang like it that's a cultural experience everybody's listening to wu-tang so yeah or or not even wu-tang but but talib kwali or whatever the hot thing in the street is and it's just one of those things where uh, for me personally, where you could see somebody with dreads that would have a 4.0 GPA, you know, and it's not right. weird. He doesn't play basketball. Right. He doesn't, he's just not a from another student. country. He's not, right. you know, it's just a student and there's no like, you know, like, like when I, when we read some of the stories on the show where people are like, you know, why I gotta be a black student union? I mean, you gotta have a white student union and shit. And you're just like that struggle. I I wish I could I wish everyone could take four years off from that type of stupidity mm-hmm. as far as a struggle. Like I wish every black person could just get four years of their life where it's just your life. No one's fucking looking at you as anything other than just you as just an individual. You. And honestly, that has inspired a lot of confidence in me. It's instilled a lot of things, a lot of a lot of the ways that I navigate the world, even my friendships, I would even say. If I hadn't gone to an HBCU, I probably would have had some of that taken out of me because in order to assimilate, because I believe humans kind of socially want to assimilate, you kind of have to take some of that out of you to as far as when you're dealing with a lot of white people. Like a lot of times it's like, I like Rod, but he talks about race too much. 
and i think if i was in college where i'm a little more impressionable a little less steadfast in my ways i feel like i'd be like well i guess i need to stop talking about race around white people you know around or just in general i need to stop talking about it they think i'm the racist so i'm just not going to talk about it where you go to hbcu you have a conversation about race every day if you want no one's going to look at you like you're some type of race baiter other person who is always raining on their parade um so i don't know man i I like that stuff um no and it's no shade to pwis i i just i think everyone should have their own separate um like per and by separate i mean personal like definition of what they want to do correct i just think the problem comes when you start judging people like you would never hear me say well if you go to a pwis because you just want to assimilate into the white man's mm-hmm. society you're first of all you're 18 17 when you're making this decision 16 sometimes right. it's just a decision where you want to get your education i just wish people wouldn't rule out hbcus in general because a lot of times that is pure racial inferiority complex and especially when you throw in stuff like when you have an all jewish secondary education mm-hmm. facility we don't treat it that way when we have an all mm-hmm. women secondary education facility we don't treat it that way we have all men when you have all men, we don't treat it that way. We but, don't go, how you don't know how to act around bitches. What? Right. How that you makes know, no sense. How you going to know how to act around women? But when you get to black, somehow it becomes, no, you don't do that. It's terrible. Don't right. do it, you mm-hmm. know? So anyway, and I, and I, and, and this is two people that didn't pledge any fraternity sororities. So it, we didn't even take full advantage of some of the social life that, stuff you could do. Now that's true. And I still had a great time I and I wouldn't it. trade it for the world. And Me I really, either. Had to give credit to a lot of it for making me the person I am today. You're right. Um, anyway, um, we have emails. Um, quite a few, actually. Um, let me see. Sa- oh, Chuck Spears writes this, Impossible White Man Music. So, Oh, I'm sorry. Phone lines are open 704-557-0186. All right. Uh, so a few months back, I finally got around to watching Olympus is Foul. And as a recommendation for your podcast, I think this might have been one of the movies you watched to that launched the impossible white man spinoff series on the premium network. Anyway, that dude was so very impossible. Inspired me to make a rock song of all things like 80 ish metal. In fact, it inspired a concept album of short eighties rock songs of varying qualities of varying quality about eighties action movie cliches. Anyway, here's a soundtrack. He has an entire soundtrack uh p.s you don't have to share this part aloud if you don't want to it's called the action pack and it's on soundcloud if you ever feel like listening to it but a lot of it is very 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 rough well if you want to listen to it you guys feel free to and uh, i guess i will try to play this uh
my god that was perfect he is I impossible it. i do i think maybe that'll be the new theme song for the uh possible white man impossible uh, white show. man uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh that came out of nowhere <laughs> those lyrics oh all right uh <laughs> clarification this is from uh ashley uh official scientist um look as a former girl scout i have to step in this cookie debate the original cookie is the shortbread aka trifo aka blue box bitches in my opinion that's the best but i have to agree that in y'all's debate the thin mint wins they are divert well first of all statistically they win they are the most consumed cookie period it's not that's not that's a fact (laughs) they are diverse they can eat you can eat them at room temp and straight from the freezer and it's like two different delicious cookies you know what i'm saying exactly sorry khaleesi karen (laughs) the caramel deleted aka samosa samosas uh uh lose because they have coconut Peanut butter patties, aka tagalongs, aren't a lower either. Um, they too, they too go hard out the freezer. Mm-hmm. Um, my order of yummies, yumminess. I know you care. Shout out to Beyonce. Shortbread <laughs> peanut butter patty, peanut butter sandwich, aka dosi dos, lemon patty, discontinued lemon cookies that were best served frozen, and caramel delights. Ashley, official scientist, you know it's real. So you know it's real. LOL. Some of those, like, like I said, I I don't branch out. I guess I try. I only know what's in the blue box. She said the blue box. A oh, blue box. Look, don't Did waste. It come in blue. Don't waste your money. Um, it's about thin mints. So all those mm-hmm. other boxes are just more thin mints you could be boo, buying. Mm-mm, mm-mm. That's how it's I look about at purple box. It takes the green to make purple boo. That's how I look at all the uh cookies, anyways. Thin mints and everything else. Like whenever I show up and they out of thin mints, I I honestly I just don't give them the money. Like I like I don't care if they Girl Scouts and they needed the trip to go, they need the money for a trip to go to France. Y'all won't be going to France till y'all get more thin mints. Send send an email to somebody. New listener, hi Karen and Rod. I'm a new listener and I dig your show. I dig the opinions. I dig Karen's whispers in the background. I dig the room you allow your for listeners to comment. I dig the music. I dig all of it. Thank you. I teach creative writing on seventh and ninth grade to seventh and ninth grades. Bless you, baby. These are the ones who can't talk, write, or spell. I'm not sure what pe- what people's issue with Karen is. Her communication technique is the bomb, and I can't get enough. Wish I could magically snap my fingers when I need to read a nigga and have Karen <laughs> appear and do her thing. <laughs> Thank you. And then she returns to her throne as queen of TBGWT. Moving on. I got to thank my cyber guru, Nocturnal Sun, for sending me your links. I ignored them until the holidays when I had time to listen, and now everything gets neglected because I'm catching up. I don't have a television, and I barely use my computer to keep up and what is going, well, what is going on in the world. I still use words like dig, show enough, and hip on the regular. I'm stuck in 1975. Ain't your, nothing wrong with that, baby. Your show hit me to the Revlon debacle and to the France bombing. Thanks. Can we talk about how insurance companies are about to start selling fracking insurance in the South since earthquakes in the South are not natural disasters? Black folks need to figure out how to get in on that fracking insurance. Yeah, they call it blacking insurance. Mm-hmm. Finally, those thin mint cookies sold by, by the Girl Scouts are not the joint. Sorry, dude. Anyway, I'm looking forward to becoming a supporter. He's put an S in dollar signs on supporter. Wait until the finish, wait, wait until the first of the month. 
Thank well, you. I mean, first of all, if you uh, if you weren't buying thin mints, then you there's no reason you don't have the money right now. Mm-mm, come so on, so you might as well just Nova. go ahead. I mean, Mm-mm. that a lot of the decisions in my life, I had to put a thin mint budget in there, or else I wouldn't be able to make it anyway. Well, you know what? Uh, you just talking about Girl Scout cookies. Uh, so my coworkers in trouble because uh. They was handing out the little thing sheets. I looked. I said, Mm-mm, they do this online now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you won't get my money. I can use a credit card now. Shaka said, not an old man. Hey, Rod, love the show. Don't mean to be petty, but I'm Linwood Carter. Not an old man. 38 years old, not, named after my dad. Oh. I mean, well, it's an old man name. If you, you got it from your daddy, like, that's how the old man names get passed down. Mm-hmm. Generation to generation. Yeah. You and Karen be having me crying when you shout me out. <laughs> you also said you see me back there in an all brown suit, which was weird because I work for UPS. <laughs> Thanks for making my day go by quicker. Thanks, you, Linwood. You're and welcome, sweetie. Look, man, we're going to continue to call you old man as a tribute to your father man and mm-hmm. as a tribute to, to that name that's a that's too good of a name right for me. us not to make a good joke off of that man yes feel like you should like be like linwood carter of the seattle you know back before they yes. like the seattle uh ravens like it never yes. makes sense back he, in the day he, uh, uh the dude that was like a member of one of the generic temptation groups you mm-hmm. know because the temptations never uh tm the name so right you'd be like temptations who is that you know that boy uh what's that boy what what they call that boy him and his daddy got that got that got that same name you know the boy mm-hmm. he seen baritone back there in the back linwood yes every review in one says uh who writes this steven hello rod and queen k no shade to rod do you know how long I've waited to send you guys an email about various topics? The respect the queen was the final straw. So bear with me as I have a lot to get off my chest as I sent my cum filled latte. I first discovered your brilliant podcast mid 2013. You was talking about good versus bad black porn, especially the part of when you're about to come and you want to find that good bit and you end up nothing to another dude's dick on the screen. What a waste. <laughs> oh. I know feel like your whole day went wrong oh you could see the back of julian st jock's balls you're like what is this right that foolishness who decided two minutes of his ball sack was what we need to see <laughs> right who made this editor decision uh directors cut my ass get this out of here um karen's accent is a hug full of southern hospitality and if you don't like karen's oh my you are nuts <laughs> Although there have been about two occasions during the time that I've listened where I've heard a certain twang in Karen's accent that made me think, does Rod know that Karen sleeps with a cutthroat razor under her pillow? (laughs) I don't, I promise. I never really took much notice about street harassment until you guys started talking about it. So I went home and asked my wife. I couldn't believe she told me about the experiences she's dealt with, e.g. being followed, unwanted comments, and also feeling threatened and scared. On the other hand, was has rape ever been so funny? And then in quotes, he puts, rape is not funny except during them thrones. <laughs> I did have to catch myself the other day when I was at my boy's house and one of his female neighbors came to visit. He, she was drunk, really drunk. And I went straight into rape mode for a minute. Uh, then I remembered I was happily married with a great family life. Well, you know, it's hard to keep it from coming out. Sometimes you see a woman like fall down on concrete and it's like, I got a rape of it. And then. <laughs> You know, then you just snap back and you're like, oh, I got so much to lose. You know, that's the only thing stopping me from just getting on these streets and getting on them hoes. <laughs> um, Boxing Day, that's like, I street harass them and then it's like, you know, you, if you can't 
Stop at street harassment. You got to go to rape, Karen. It's only reasonable. On Boxing Day, the subject of Bill Cosby comes up, came up. I shut that shit down, gave them a blow-by-blow update of everything regarding this subject, and took all the praise as well. Thanks, TBGWT. Also, thanks for opening my eyes to other podcasts. I fuck with two guys, one show. I tried Twib, but no matter how low I put my volume on, Elon was still too loud for me. Hey, man, I'm writing up here dissing Elon. Number one. Uh, number two, uh, we all know that he struggles with, uh, voice volume disorder. It's, uh, something that's <laughs> always afflicted him, but he works with it. He does. Uh, I had that issue sometimes too. Right. He's a, ma- a modern day miracle worker to even be in the podcasting industry. I'm, I'm recovering from, from that issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a mogul, he over there buying up all the shows all in the videos okay so right take that take that so y'all need to give that man the proper respect uh when you write us because we love elon and uh we love 12 so yeah because yeah because uh for me uh i had to learn not to yell because i would be talking roger is used to me just talking loud so it doesn't bother him at all but when you're around other people that's that's a whole different thing one time we was in the car and i forgot what i was talking to him about but i must have been talking loud as shit because he started patting on me and i was like what is you patting on me for he's i'm trying to find an off switch you're too loud i was like my bad yeah and let's and the other thing is can you really blame me on he covers nothing but the worst things that happen to black people on a daily basis. Ever. That would make me yell how the all fuck, the time, too. How the fuck? Like, you know, there's no mic check you can do before a, a, a twib show that won't end up in the red because by the end, you're going to be like, and these motherfuckers really think that it's about a goddamn game. You're like, you know what? But can you believe this bullshit? I'll allow it, you know, because everything they cover is like, and then the Republican senator rape two black dogs because they was black you're like damn right killed him you know right. they stabbed him in the street why because he was black so anyway i like them and i like and i listen to it all the time shout out to uh aaron and uh shout out to uh imani too mm-hmm. um i think that is it thank you for a great show love from london and the whole of the uk well thank you Thank you, and I'm glad that you branched it out into other shows. And also, shout out for you for sitting down and talking to your wife. Like, like I'm pretty sure she appreciated that. Go, okay, you can understand. These are the things that I deal with and I go through. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Julian writes in, Dear Karen and Rod, and my name is Jaycef. Okay, so now it's Jaycef. All right. Jaycef. I live in New York City. Shout out to the BX. And have been following the feud with the NYPD and the mayor de Blasio, co- uh, mayor de Blasio closely. The fears de Blasio expressed about his black son are the same my Puerto Rican mother has anytime I go on a long run into the city. The NYPD for the last few weeks have stopped issuing tickets and making contact with st- citizens for minor offenses. At the moment, they are justifiably more concerned with their own safety and major real crimes. The media is reporting this is some sort of huge danger to public safety. With all of the irony in the world, this work slowdown by the NYPD has made me feel the safest I've ever felt in the city as a black male. I could imagine. That, like, I mean, it's one of those things where, like Roger said, because they monetize so much of the stopping and the frisking and the harassing and, and ticky-tack shit. A lot of times they only charge you with goddamn crimes, but for the fact that you got a court date, you got a ticket you got to pay, mm-hmm. you, got, you know, that shit adds up over the thousands and sometimes hundreds of thousands of people over a year 
uh, that, you know, you get all these fines and these penalties from, like, that shit adds up and the cost of that matters. And all of a sudden, that money is not streaming into these systems. And that becomes a problem. And, yes, you would feel safe because you're able to walk around and not have to worry about them just randomly walking up on you trying to meet fucking quotas. Yeah, I was straight up. I'm not going to lie, dog. Like, I was up there as a black man after all them years of oppression. I'm going to be peeing in the streets. Be walking around with my dick out. I mean, shit, man. White people getting getting away with this for centuries. It's our turn. We get two weeks until the budget is redone. Get white boy wasted. Might as well. Might as well. I'm going to be out there pulling my dick out and slapping it on the subway poles. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I'm not going to jail for it. Mm-mm, because ain't nobody there to arrest my black ass. Right. They're going to be back to stopping the frisk as soon as the budget gets redone of course as soon as the contract gets renewed you might as well enjoy it man anyway um i no longer have to worry about police harassing me for looking suspicious unfortunately this common sense policing will soon revert back to quotas and the broken windows tactics of old i'm glad we got rid of stopping frisk but i wish i could simply wear a hoodie in the winter and not feel like i'm breaking the law right do you think anyone else will notice that the city ran just fine without harassing minorities for minor offenses and ticketing people who can at least afford it or is this a known truth that authorities ignore it and yet another example of institutionalized racism slash classism? Of what you just said, baby. I doubt de Blasio, de Blasio or the commissioner have any political capital left to put, point out to the public. And the world didn't come to a sudden end when the police refrained from their aggressive tactics against minorities. Yeah. Curious, curious to hear your thoughts on the matter. Much love, hugs and kisses. Well, I think we've All expressed right. it Shit kept already. Moving. Yeah. Obviously, the quality of life will go up for brown and black people in in NYC. And they, how dare that happens? Nope, that won't last long. The problem is we've been criminalized, so this is we've not just been criminalized. Our criminality has been budgeted. There is a certain level of money that it's been monetized that for for cities to function, sometimes they need to lock up and harass black people issue tickets Mm -hmm. they've decided not to do this at the expense of a lot of white people uh maybe they feel like they mobilize easier maybe they just feel like the voting demographic in the block of people is just too big so they started doing this then people are gonna you know it won't take as it won't take as a high percentage of white people to get somebody out of office to what laws and rules they would change almost immediately right so 13 percent of your populace if you want to do that to them who cares right um but uh i don't know our city isn't like that Uh, at least it hasn't been in the past i don't know 10 to 20 years that i've noticed right so uh, i feel like it doesn't have to be this way but people just treat it that way Mm -hmm. uh be a father to your sons uh this is from cecil he said geraldo rivera has five kids and a few baby mamas lbj has three kids and a wife but this tea mm, so good is that sugar in this I think it is. Yeah, Rado said instead of a uh, I can't breathe shirt, Le- LeBron should have wore a BF Better Father shirt. Mm. Calling niggas out their name. Tim Rice said, Karen and Rod, I'm responding to last week's feedback episode where you talked about people calling you out your name, i.e. Rob versus Rod. My question is this. Is this an old black people thing? I have a couple examples. One of my younger brothers is named Kevin, but the old folk in my dad family to this day insists his name is Kelvin. <laughs> By the time he was five, my parents were tired of correcting my aunts and uncles and just gave up and said, well, I guess th- this little nigga's name is Kelvin. 
i've also had personal experience with the wrong names i've been in the air force for 15 years and my boss was an old black man who had been in the service for 30 plus years it's okay to use my government for this story he insisted on calling me lieutenant dobbs even though my last name is dodd (laughs) d-o-d-d and just like every other fucking air force member my uniform had a tag with my last name printed on it in big ass letters I corrected him daily and even when white, even the white folks I work with were like, sir, his name is Dodd, D-O-D-D. But he didn't care. Even on my official officer's performance report, he wrote <laughs> Lieutenant Dobbs. <laughs> and my officer was like, who in the hell is Dobbs? <laughs> right. He did look like Bill Cosby though. Uh-oh. Although I know most of the Rob emails are just fucking with y'all, but some folks just don't care that your name is actually something different than what they've already committed to memory to them you're rob and just like my brother will always be kelvin and to that old ass colonel i will forever be dobbs well oh i know i'll say this much old black men do not be caring they don't give no fuck i've been so many rotnays and (laughs) rogers to to fucking old black i don't correct old black men right if if if, if that's what they gonna call you you just respond to it and keep it going and people other people will probably tell them or they'll be like who is you talking about they don't give two fucks yeah they don't give a fuck um help rod and karen this is from kiera Hey, Ron and Karen, I was just writing to say I love the show, of course, and asked for some advice. I'm trying to go back to school in a different state, but have recently just been employed. I would be working at the job for six months. If everything for my schooling fails, it falls into the right place like I wanted to, faster scholarships and hopefully no more pulling out any student loans and I actually get accepted. I've been saving up to move to the state that I plan on going to school at because I plan on starting my own business there. I'm a massage school graduate, but I failed the exam two times. Sad face. But I will get to that later. But do, uh, but let's see, do the lies and pettiness. Mm. It does sound like I want to hear that part of the story first. Mm-hmm. I will have no we car. Kill the ball alert. Uh huh. And then we got to kill up the ball alert. Lies and pettiness. Nah, that's not that's not all. Ball alert is about. That's about ball alert is about trying to meet nice young gentlemen or ladies that have some money. I will have no car and I will be living on campus. Plus, uh, but my main concern is that I won't make it and I will be stuck where I'm living off of someone else who thinks they can talk to you any type of way and make you feel like shit because of how much they have done for you. I'm trying to start my own massage business in ATL and I was going to take my license exam there and I plan on getting my own apartment. I've been saving, but due to abusive employers, no job on my resume goes past six months. And that worries the hell out of me. I'm 21 and I feel, are you only 21? That's not that unusual. I'm 21 and I feel like I have failed at everything with the pressure of bills coming through Sally Mae insurance and school tuition. Sorry if I'm rambling, but I'm just so scared that everything will fall apart, but I don't. And I'm tired of walking on someone else's path. I won't be able to go back to school in the fall if I can't get enough scholarship money or faster to pay for it. Or if I don't raise enough money where I can buy me an apartment or if I can't find a job because of my resume. And I have heard people won't even give you a second look if you don't have at least a bachelor's degree. I've, I've kind of lost hope because I keep failing my exam and I have, and I have, and I haven't taken it since sad face. Hmm. All right. Um, as far as advice for me, first thing I would say is you got to keep taking the exam. Because mm-hmm. that, that sounds like you the most, um, I don't know why you're failing it, but that seems like the most 
reasonable thing you can do that will lead to employment is to pass that exam correct because you're right about one thing even if it's not a bachelor's degree there's always some sort of entry qualifying entry into the employment pool period yes there's always going to be an exam there's always going to be um well those are the same thing but there's always going to be something whatever it is there's always going to be something that you have to do to demonstrate whether it's a degree or whatever associate's degree whatever it is right so you're going to need something um now i know obama's trying to give you two years of school but you can't wait on on him to fix this right no you can't um so i would say i would try that first um because that can at least get some money coming in um maybe you know start legally giving massages on the side you know um you know since you'll be competing with licensed massage therapists you know you give us a couple hand jobs out oh, you know Lord. happy mm-hmm. endings that mm-hmm. way you know they mm-hmm. can, you can get known around your way uh as you know a, a person what Karen? What? I, I don't it, okay, so don't do the illegal stuff then. Mm-hmm. Apparently that's wrong. Yep. Um, as far as uh I'm trying to understand the part where she said she will be living with someone else. Um and I need to know what the lies of pettiness that um that cause you said you will get to it and you never did. Um but uh yeah, you said the lies of pettiness, you won't have a car, you will and you'll be living on campus um but uh another thing too is if you're stuck where you're at and you're living with somebody that doesn't appreciate you or is constantly coming down for on you for how much they've done for you like that sucks because if you're gonna do something for somebody you should try to be out the goodness of your heart now and and there's and just like everybody everyone has a limit of patience if you've overstayed your welcome at some point you're gonna have that awkward phase of people being like uh you need to get the fuck out and i don't like you anymore Mm -hmm. and and you need to try to get the fuck out you know um but i don't know man like i don't know what you're very young yeah i don't think you should be down on yourself for not having a job over six months when you're 21 right because even when you're in college even like the kind of employment that people get at that age is just not typically long-term employment Mm -mm. you know even when i was in college and stuff I would have a job, but it was seasonal. It was basically like I come home for the summer, I work at IHOP, come home for Christmas, maybe I can work at IHOP. But if you looked at my resume, I mean, I'm, that's not a job that I go, I held down for four years. Like, I held it down between, you know, yeah, the, between the, the two college, weeks yeah. I was here for Christmas and New Year's. Right. So I, I wouldn't get on myself too much for that. And, you know, honestly, you should still be applying for shit. Mm. Oh, yep. Like, never let your resume not let someone tell you no don't don't tell yourself no right like you know get your resume out there anyway because you never know i have a friend that has a job he didn't even have a college degree um but he has a job and he makes a lot of money now because he just knew a couple people that put him in the right spots you know and then he got in the door and he worked his ass off um because you know you're gonna have to build it somehow and sometimes the ticket the ride is working your ass off of that job you know that's the truth but um yeah don't give up hope man um and you know maybe if there's i don't know now i don't know anything about the masseuse or massage artists or whatever you call yourselves i don't know i don't understand i don't know the test thing i don't know if there's a way to to work on the test thing i don't know if there's a course you can take to prepare yourself i don't know if there's someone who passed the test that you can like pick their brain about but i would look at resources like that 
you know maybe you can get some pointers or something to help yourself out um so and if not then just practice 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 until you get better because to me of all the things you said that seems like the most reasonable option um and uh double and triple check on all your paperwork for college like Mm-hmm. that fafsa all that shit you need be to be on checking on it call them fucking put, every yeah, day i would put an alert in my phone that reminds me like either every, every couple days or every week if because sometimes i do understand it could be like we'll be four to five business days before we're here again but you need to be constantly on it because the last thing you want to do is try to apply and then say well why didn't you check on this months ago this thing was wrong so mm-hmm. those are those are my that's my advice the little bit that i could give with what you gave me so i hope that helps some bit somewhat down with big titty judy says shana <laughs> dear karen and rod oh my god karen and the nfl chick was speaking of my life on this episode as a female sports fan big titty judy has been a thorn in my side forever i know karen says she usually doesn't mind well i mind i came to watch the game i intend to watch the game don't talk to me don't ask me questions don't try to bond with me because i have a vagina and you do too right because nothing irritates me more than when she tries to talk to me and when then everyone shouts and cheers because of an amazing play and i miss it right now i'm giving you the side eye all night so yes i always plop myself in the midst of a crowd of men my strategy is to always sit in, on the inside of a booth so even if she wanted to she couldn't get me uh mm-hmm. my other pet peeve is when women trying to get chose vandalized teen jerseys and t-shirts so they can show all their titties and ass and midriff yeah that's so funny it's like yeah. you, chop them shirts up you spent all that money you on spent two hundred dollars on a jersey that i wouldn't buy and i fucking know the game right like the nfl just gonna have to come out with like cleave jerseys and everybody's gonna call it sexist but it's gonna save some some women a lot of money Right, they just with the last few years got them with just small, actually smaller cut and designed for women. Yeah, they're gonna have to come out with like the whole version of the jersey though, where it's just gonna straight up be like, look, the slit is all the way down to the titties, uh, <laughs> the part in the back don't exist, it shows your stomach. Yeah. Like, they just gonna have to do it, man, cause it's, it's getting to that point where it's like, if I see another woman cut up a Tom Brady, Brady jersey, I'm gonna just get, keep getting mad, so. Right, you looking like you spent five hundred dollars on that fucking jersey to cut it up. What's wrong with you? Um, and then they look at me like I'm doing something wrong because I'm not dressed like a damn GoDaddy commercial. Right. Woo! I feel so much better getting that off my chest. Thank you, Karen, and the NFL chick for the latest sports fans everywhere. Oh, you're welcome, sweetie. Yeah, yeah, like a, and that's right, like a GoDaddy commercial. That's right. You like, um, I could give a fuck about what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm uh atheist church from mike he says dear rolando and karen (laughs) i'm trying to talk about the kylie jenner baller alert segment i work as as a valet at la jola area in san diego and this family comes regularly i saw her last week and honestly thought she was a prostitute leaving the hotel in the morning her face was is, is in no natural way Wait, is in no way natural. It was a topic of conversation about the hotel that, that day. We all finally agreed that her and her daddy probably got a two-for-one deal on the face. Damn. Oh, Lord. Oh, damn. Anyway, that's... <laughs> God damn. Oh. Oh, man. Anyway, that's really all I got to say other than duck anyone who talks bad about Karen. Love the show. Thank you for all the work you put in making my week better. Well, speaking of ducks, Kylie Jenner's face. 
this is about empire this is a comment that was up on our facebook page so i emailed it to myself so i remember to address it mm-hmm. uh it's from monica she says great show as always i'm generally anti-social media but rod's comment about empire being terrible compelled me to write in rod i'm just really curious to know what didn't you like about the show Prior to watching the show, I was hopeful it would be good since I'm a fan of the work of Lee Daniels and Eileen Chaikin. Chaikin? Uh, but I also had plenty of concerns, including Terrence Howard's non-acting, Taraji's overacting, and restrictions on network TV. But I have loved the first two episodes, and I'm thrilled to have another quality scripted show with a diverse cast on the air. I'm enjoying the entire cast, which is rare for me. Malik Yoba's character and the oldest son are probably the weakest on the show. But the way Taraji's character clowns Malik and the way the son's wife keeps him in check makes their scenes entertaining. I've been pleasantly surprised with Taraji's performance so far, and I cannot wait for a showdown between her and Gabrielle Sidibe. Wait, why would they have a showdown? I've also been impressed, really impressed with the score. Timberland is killing it. And endless props to Lee Daniels and those behind the scenes hiring an actual rapper and an actual singer slash musician actor to play the parts of the youngest and middle songs sons there are some archetypes with characters they're portraying but they're doing an excellent job with them of all the new black centric shows that premiered in 2014 2015 season i put empire at the top alongside blackish it really seems (laughs) we're coming out of the tyler perry reality tv era and getting back to have multiple decent shows with predominantly act predominantly black Wait, predominantly actors of color as we did in the living single ny undercover martin and half and half etc days love to hear more of your thoughts on the show as well as karen's when she has a chance to watch she doesn't watch she probably never will mm-hmm. keep putting out great content it gets me through my work with the smile monica hmm. well most well. most people watch this and like i said everybody's different and the thing about it is like for a lot of people whenever you say something about any black show, people automatically come up, why don't you don't like it? Mm-hmm. And you can like shitty shows, you know, because the show is probably not good. I haven't seen it, but just looking at the thing, I was like, okay, this show's not good. But it does not mean it ain't greatness. I love love and hip-hop, ATL. The shit is terrible, it's horrible, it's shit-ass TV, but I love it. I don't try to defend it because I know it's bad. But I think for a lot of people, they go, well, it's all black and all this, and they just feel like it just has to be the greatest and on top of that it's your taste if you think it's the best thing since sliced bread baby love it yeah um monica you're a fan of the show and you wrote us on a facebook page and i appreciate that and i know you don't do social media so that's cool um i i'm not a fan of lee dales i think he's too over the top i think sometimes subtlety uh could could work rather than gross um overstating of things um such for example you ask for example from the show when he put his son in a trash can for being gay that was a little too over the top for me (laughs) i mean if you want me to say if you want me to treat it seriously like it's good right that is so over the top that i'm just like that like that incident is a terrible way to illustrate he's homophobic because i feel like homophobia doesn't always come across that kind of way and then mm-hmm. the way that every character is so blatantly homophobic and then the way that they keep saying shit like well you know the black community is homophobic you know hip-hop community is homophobic right to the camera basically like 
the exposition is just too much it's too much for me um i enjoyed the show but in a pure like this is ratchet right it's not really good but i'm laughing because it's not good the and vast enjoy it. the vast majority of people on social media i interact with enjoy it the same way mm-hmm. um i don't i think you're just gonna have to accept that that's some of us are watching it to laugh at the show and right. some some people are going to be watching to really seriously enjoy the show um it's nowhere close to blackish in my opinion mm-hmm. like not on the same they're not even on the same planet Mm-mm. and out of all the shows i've watched uh this year and i like i, said, I hadn't watched that show i would rank a lot of shows above it right now that being said um but karen you haven't really seen it no but i yeah, so you what are you but know? i'm just going out of the tidbit commercials that i've seen with the terrible suits that look like uh they gotta come from your grandma's uh curtains and all that shit you know the hair's changing all the time yeah that's but that's a that's a horrible way to measure the show you didn't watch it so <laughs> just, my you, opinion don't count yeah you gotta stay out of this this is between me and uh was it monica or michelle i think i'll say monica i, I let y'all have this conversation yeah it's between me and me and my boo okay okay Listen. my bad yeah um uh, now that she's gone sorry about that <laughs> now that i left the room those of us who watched the show um i just think you gotta get used to us laughing at the show because it's funny in a lot of ways why i don't think it was meant to be funny Mm-mm. but i'm okay with that it's the laugh it's it's laughable to me that the show is gonna be about hip-hop and no one can say the n-word like there's moments where i'm just like that he's like you three lazy negroes i'm like that's not what you would say if you're a hip-hop <laughs> mogul and when they play the rap and the rap don't have the n-word in it um some of the bars that they she was like aren't you the same person that said so-and-so so-and-so and i'm just like that bar doesn't fit in any rhyme um and there's no way that song was popular um but i i still enjoy it i just enjoy it on a on a silly level like and i think i'll probably end up watching the whole season my ratings are gonna still count towards keeping the show on the air which is i'm, I'm assuming is what you want mm-hmm. but um oh yeah probably get, i guarantee you get a second season one of the highest rated shows in fox in years they definitely is? gonna get a sick second season yeah Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, when, when it first came out, it broke all kinds of records. So there you go. Um, it'll it'll continue to be a lot around. And mm-hmm. I was the number two person um on Twitter influencing that hashtag. So even my jokes helped. So I feel like you know you just y'all gotta on, y'all on the same team. Get used to my jokes, man. But if when you're talking about a drama on net on TV that is supposed to be good to me, it doesn't it's not my it doesn't fit my my top like it's not even close you know so um terrence howard is terrible the the writing is predictable uh it's just a lot of bad shit i think the music is corny because um you know i just timberland ain't been hot in a minute man and the the artists that that they're working with aren't really mind-blowing to me um i think they fit a lot of light skinned man stereotypes, which, you know, that's funny in itself. So, but, uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying it, you know, and I feel like, you know, we need to concentrate on our similarities, which is we both tune in and we're both watching it. And I like for us to, uh, think about it that way, if that's okay with you, Aww. uh, rather than, uh, fight about it. Cause I, I think it's pretty, it pretty terrible. And, and Taraji P. Henson is everything, but I knew she would be everything the second that she was cast. Like that, that was never up for debate. She's murdered every single scene she's been in. Um, 
i don't know why she still has a key to the office i mean who's in charge of security there why is she got why does why does she why does cookie still have a lanyard uh that allows her to go in and out of all the offices including um lucius's office i'm I'm not sure what the plan was there but i feel like security should definitely have a picture of her by the door at this point (laughs) do not allow her it says no i mean he already signed a deal with her uh i did enjoy the pettiness of the evil light-skinned woman going and getting uh butt almost butt booty naked just so she could act like uh cookie didn't like she didn't know cookie was coming so she could show off her body you know like it's it's i think the show is better if you allow yourself to laugh at it but if you take it too serious i feel like it won't be that good um so i enjoy it man you know it's not that complex but it's fun so there you go uh all right man we're out of here um like um like cookie's cousin bunky um rest in peace bro and uh tomorrow's show will be later than normal because uh my grandmother's funeral is tomorrow and uh we have to go to that before the show that'll be like in the morning Morning. or something um so just be on the lookout if you're in spreecast follow us on spreecast uh because um that's how you get the emails you know check out our social media stuff yeah but we will do the show just be yeah. later on in the afternoon we do plan on doing the show just later so all right dog we'll talk to y'all tomorrow until then love you i love you too baby Mwah. Mwah.